Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of The people served the Lord all the and days of Joshua. And buried him in the territory and all the days of his inheritance in Timonah, Hershey's, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Gesh. All the generation, all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, meaning they died, and there arose another generation after them. There's two things I want you to remember. They did not know God. They did not know the Lord. Nor did they know the work in which he had done for them. They didn't know two things. Now, that's really the essence of the message today. We're going to be talking about another generation. Here today, we probably have at least maybe three generations. Probably three generations here today uh, of, of some, some people. Now, some in, so, in society, we might have uh, six generations of people. If you live to be about 120 or something like that, you might have six. Um, some have five. Most have four. But here today, we probably have three. How many in here today, there are three generations here today in this sanctuary? I think we have uh, three generations right here, don't we? We have your parents, and we have your children. So that's three generations. And God wants us to think generationally. That's what he wants us to think. And our children that we have, they are another generation, and we are responsible to help God, all of us, to help God bring up this generation to, that they'll know two things. They will know him, and they'll know the work that he has done for them. That's very important. And you can only do that by constantly doing what the word of God says, and we'll be talking about some of that today. So I want you to remember now, he needs all of you, and he needs you to help him. There's no sideline people who just sit in the stands and watch everybody else serve. We need each other in the body of Christ. Let's go a little bit further. Let's look in verse 11. Then the sons of Israel did even the sight of the Lord and served Baals, and they forsook the Lord and the God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed themselves down to them, thus provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal. Now, uh, can I get the, uh, I, I think you might have a PowerPoint to have a circle. Do you have a circle there with a PowerPoint on it? There's a circle that happened in Judges. In this circle, if you look at the circle there, um, the people served God as long as they had a leader or leaders who would lead them, demonstrate, encourage them to follow the Lord. Every time you have in history, through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, where you didn't have a leader, or the leader did not follow God, the people didn't follow God. I don't, you can check out the kings, all the kings in the, uh, in, in the northern region. None of them served God, really. And all the people didn't serve God in the northern region. Once the, once the, uh, the tribe, uh, Israel, was divided into two, 
two uh, parts, the southern and the northern, and you have some in the southern part that did. Now, in Moses, when Moses was there, they served God. When Joshua was there, they served God. When the generation that lived, the same generation as Joshua was, when the elders of, uh, that served with Joshua, when they were living, they served God. As soon as they, they died, their generation died out, people did what was right in their own eyes. They didn't have a leader. And so what would happen is that they would start bowing themselves down to the gods around them. And we do have, we do have things in this world system that, that we can bow down to, that we can lose our focus on, on the one who saved our souls. And we can start doing what normal people do without God. Because people without God, they're going to do the best they can to live the best they can without God. But we should not be living the best we can without God because we have God. Everything we do, everything we say should be led by Christ. Our, our life is hid with Christ in God, the scripture says. So that's what, what our testimony should be. Then what will happen is that they'll go into enslavement. They'll, somebody's going to oppress them. And do we have an enemy today that will oppress us? Oh, yeah. Now, they'll crowd to the Lord. Have we ever cried out to the Lord? I know I've cried, Lord, help me, Lord. Oh, help me, Lord. God, doing this circle, he would raise up a judge. And then, on the, when he raised up a judge, the judge would deliver Israel. God would use the judge to deliver Israel. Then Israel will serve God. Then the circle continued. That judge died. When that judge died, what did they do? Go right back to sin and worshiping idols, right back into captivity, right back into crying out to God. God will, his, his mercy endures forever, doesn't it? And he would raise up a judge, deliver them, they will serve God. That, that continued throughout judges. They had many judges. Sometimes they had, had a couple of judges at the same time in different regions. I don't want that to be our testimony. I don't want to be, keep going around the wilderness like the children of Israel did just because they wouldn't trust God. I don't want to do that. I don't want my children to do that. And I know we don't want our children to do that because when, when we dedicate anybody to the Lord here, we include the congregation because the congregation is responsible also in taking part in the dedication of that child because that child is going to see you. They're going to uh, see how you talk, what you do, how you do it. Don't they do that at home? Yeah, they do that at home. They're going to do it here. And so we're, we are responsible for showing a good example. We're also uh, called to help serve also. In every single church, there's not one I don't know of that I've been uh, visiting and, and uh, online talking to and talking to my mentor about the different churches and, and, the, and the conferences we go to and things like that. I'll go to the children's ministry and find out what do they do. And we were in, uh, at Bethany World Press uh, Center 
once and uh, the elders were there. I went to the children's ministry. They have about 6,000 members. And I said, uh, I said, tell me, the, 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 the lady who was over the children's ministry, I said, y'all, do y'all have it pretty easy finding people to serve for the children? No. We can't find people, enough people to serve. See, every church has more children than they have adults usually. Uh, uh, just the same. Um, it, children are fruit of the womb. I mean, <laughs> right? And it's great that we have children. It's, it would be terrible if we didn't have any children in the, in the body. We, we need children. But we need also someone to serve the children. And if we don't have people to serve the children, then, of course, uh, we can't do what we want to do to help the children to grow. And, and it's not our responsibility to bring up the children, of course, and, and they are your children. That's your responsibility. It's not ours. All we're going to do is try to uh, aid what you teach at home. We're going to try to reinforce it. We're going to try to confirm it. Because the only thing we're going to teach is, is the Bible. The fruit of the Spirit is in the Bible, is it not? Okay, it's in the Bible. So we're going to just teach that. But you see, you've already taught that. And you've already been going over that. They, they, they know that, but we're just reinforcing, see, reinforcing. But we do have... Because we're reaching out to everybody. God died for the sins of the world. And he wants, wants people to come in. Sometimes that might not be so with some parents. They might not be teaching their children. So we want to introduce them to the Lord, don't we? Many people get saved in kids' church. So we want to do that. It is not time for us to fold up tent and say, well, like me, well, I am 63, soon to be 64 next month. So therefore, uh, who's that lad? I was just lad. <laughs> and and so, um, <laughs> I forgive you. So, uh, <laughs> so I have done my duty. You know, we, we've done it. So therefore, we're not going to do anything else. We're going to just retire. But let me tell you, I haven't seen that word in Scripture. I've been looking for it because I sure would like to do it, but uh, I haven't seen that word. I see that the, the men and women of God serving from the time that, that God takes them home. That's what I see. And that's what we should be doing. And it's no greater investment to invest in another generation. Okay? It's very important. Now, Let's go to, let's say, our, our children. I had some of the youth, they, they are, they're up here again. And, um, uh, they, and they're lovely, these some of the youth. Uh, let's, let's look in Psalm. Uh, who, who's going to read Psalm for me down there? Is it you? Psalm, we're in Psalm one twenty. Seven. Verse three, four, five. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, chosen a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Thank you. Okay. Children are in a new American 
standard says, a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That is true. And blessed is the man who has a quiver full of them. Uh, because it's like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Uh, and I, I love children. In my younger days, I was, I was not as smart. And I was thought that I could have more if I didn't have children. And I didn't realize that children are a fruit of the womb. Because I didn't know the Lord. <laughs> so I was selfish. And I, I, I thank God for my wife. Uh, because she uh, told me that we need children and we're going to have some. So <laughs> okay. All right. One. 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 She said four. Okay, we have three. Okay. Uh, give me the next scripture. I think it's in Proverbs. <laughs> Chapter 22. Now, when we uh, train a child, it's many different uh, breakdowns or when people unpack this particular verse, there's many things that they say. Um, one of them is that really train is means to, the only, only time this word is found usually is in dedicating buildings and things like that in, in the Hebrew. Um, they say the child really is not speaking of age, it's speaking basically of a social economic group. So they say that, and they are saying that what this verse is actually saying is that, that when you uh, celebrate or dedicate a child, uh, when they are ready to go out in their chosen field, that celebration and all the, from their parents and their educators and things of that nature, uh, sets them on that path where they are going to continue with that. But there are other theologians who uh, say what most of us have said through the years is that uh, to train up a child is to whittle, is to really uh, direct that child in the way that they should go and the way that that child should go, not just children should go, that child should go because people have different temperaments, they have different um, aptitudes and things of that nature. Um, in the way that that child should go. And when they do, if they leave, they're going to come back. I don't like that particular leave and they'll come back uh, because I don't, I don't believe in leaving, really. For, for my, I, never did, I never did quote that for my children because my children never leave the Lord. They always stay with the Lord. Jesus stayed with the Lord. Uh, that means that my children are going to stay with the Lord. Now, obviously, you know, if they don't, then I'll use another verse. <laughs> you know. Now, the way, the way I would like to use this today is that we're going we're gonna to train our children. We're going to whittle just like you do a stick. Uh, you've seen the older people, they'll sit in a, a chair and they just take a stick and they'll just have a little knife and they'll just whittle, whittle, whittle. We're going we're gonna to train our children in the way that they should go. We're going we're gonna to think of their aptitude. We're going to think of the things that they're going to... Um, they, they, they can really, God has placed in their heart because uh, some people are very mechanical and some people are not. 
And so you don't want to make somebody mechanical that's really not mechanical, so you, you need to train them in the way they should go. Uh, I believe that that training should be according to Genesis to Revelation in wisdom's way. Um, everything in Proverbs just about speaks of not our own way. Sometimes people say, well, uh, you want to train a child the way they, they want to go. No, you don't never train a child the way they want to go. You know, you want to train a child in wisdom's way because wisdom way is the way. That's what Proverbs speaks about, wisdom versus foolishness. It's a comparison. So what we're going to do is train our children in wisdom's way, and when they're old, they're not going to depart from it. They're not going to depart from it when they're young, they're old, we're going to keep it going. Let's hear another verse. I think, um, Emily, you got one, Proverbs 22, 15. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about that. Do you, what do you What do you think, Justin? Is Justin over there? I don't know whether Justin think about that. The rod of correction. Now let's let's uh, let's hit that a little bit. Now this is God's word. Foolishness is not only bound in in in, in our children. Do you realize that 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 our flesh, there's no good thing in it. Whether we are young or whether we're old, there's no good thing in this flesh. We all need to be uh, disciplined. And if I take you to Hebrews, it's going to tell you that the Lord disciplines us, doesn't he? Okay? So no one's going to be without discipline. And discipline is not uh, punishment. I've told you that before. Discipline is not punishment, so we're not talking about discipline uh, as a punishment. We're just talking about training and, 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 and having them go a certain d- direction. So when, when, it, when we say that the rod of correction would drive foolishness out of the heart of the child, we don't have to be uh, uh, beating the children all the time with, with a, a, a belt or stick or whatever may may be. Now, obviously, we know that it includes that. It includes that. Uh, but that's not the only way you discipline a child. It, doesn't, it does not mean that the rod of correction is the only thing going to drive this child. The rod is just a, a, something they are using to, to, to say any type of way you want to correct that child that is best for that child, we're trying to change a heart. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change a heart and have this, this child to have a mindset that they want to obey God. That's what we want to do. If, if being children would do it, they wouldn't have anybody in, in prison. Really? Really? You, you talk to most prisoners, they got beat. They got beat. The beat's not going to help nobody. It's going to make them want to beat up somebody else. You know? So we know that we discipline people in love here, don't we? We have a way that we want to do that also. And when, let me uh, uh, stop right there. And when, Whenever you release your children to uh, someone else's care, whether it be kids, church, whether it be uh, a babysitter, whatever, and make sure you have somebody that's caring for your children who uh, ethical, who moral, who, man, you know them. Don't release your children to anybody because there's a way to do this thing. So uh, just, uh, would you come up for me, please? Uh, 
and, and you too. I need you to come up because I had to have your son to come up. Okay. This is not in the script. Okay. This is not in the script. You, you're a good fellow. You know, come on up with your dad. It's all right. I'm not going to make you talk. He, he's a good fellow, isn't he? Say yes, he's a good fellow. Yeah. Okay, here, here you go. It's okay to hide behind your dad if you want to. It's okay. Okay. Okay, now, when you release your child, let's say, when, when I have my, I'll, I'll bring mine up here, but, you know, she's, I mean, she's bigger than I am. I mean, she's tall. She's tall. Ivy's tall. So, um, when you release your child, to any care, there's a way to do that, okay? So what I teach, basically, is that you tell your son, your son, Justin, now, you know we glorify God and everything. We're going to honor, honor God, so I'm going to release you to uh, children's ministry. I'm going to release you to, uh, I think, you, Julie sometimes will keep your children. You go out sometimes, Chad keeps them. I'm going to release you, you, you know, you, you two to, to uh, what you call Chad? What do you call him, Mr. Chad? Mm-hmm. I'm going to release you to Mr. Chad. And I want you to represent God. Whatever he tells you to do, I want you to do it. Okay? That's why it's important who you release your child to. You can't tell that to anybody now. You see? Okay? So demonstrate for, for, for us. So just, just tell him that. See, now you have the cue now. Now he, he's not going to say anything. Okay? You know. I don't quite say it as eloquently as that, I don't think. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, but they know that whenever we, even going out to a restaurant, you know, you're in public, or if you're going to, like, Chad's house, or uh, my wife's sister, her name is Julie. Um, if we leave them with them, we say, um, make sure you know who's watching. Who's watching you all the time? Is mom and daddy going to be with you? And I'll say, no. Well, who's watching you all the time? God. That's right. You better make him happy. Okay. All right. Okay. Give him a hand, will you, please? Yeah. Thank you, Justin. You're so sweet. Let's have another scripture. Thank you. Now, that's uh, 22, I think, um, 15. Is that what you read, sir? Huh? 2030, okay. Proverbs 20 30. Now, the blueness of a wound, um, we, now we're not going to beat our children and, and they, you know, they, they got whips all over them and everything like that now. Now, we know that this particular one in Proverbs 20 30, what it's telling us is that it's not going to hurt the child just because you discipline the child, but what your aim is that, uh, your aim is in verse 30 is to to make sure it goes down to the inner part so that you can change the inner part of that child. That's what we're after, the heart of a child, the center of the child, the heart. And, and we know the heart is the mind, the will, the emotion. You're trying to shape that uh, verse. Okay, next scripture.
Thank you. Now, what is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 on down, what is telling us that we need to teach our children how often? All the time. That's basically what it is, all the time. When you get up, when you go to bed, when you're walking by the wayside, when you're driving, uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing, train your children up. That's very, very important. Okay? It's, it's important of the parents to do that all the time. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Someone has that also. Uh, verse 4, I believe it is. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Okay, thank you. Now, this verse is trying to help us to, to tell us that when you are, when, when you leave the child, and you, you know you're going to discipline the child. You know, have to correct the children. When you leave the child to just arbitrary discipline, haphazard discipline, when you feel like it, that child is not going to be uh, very receptive. And what this verse is telling us is that don't provoke them to anger or to wrath, King James may say. And you can do that by, there's no context of what you're doing. You just have to have, a, you know, you're just mad because they embarrassed you, so you're going you're to discipline the child. You don't want to do that. You want to have a systematic approach to things, uh, just like uh, Jason was saying that he, he does for his children with Justin there. But it's an all-the-time thing. We are God-conscious. We want to honor God in our family. So therefore, uh, if, we, if we miss the mark one time, then we're going we're to bring a little... Uh, correction, but that correction doesn't have to be anything except, uh, look, sweetheart, if you have a, uh, a girl, look, sweetheart, uh, that was not honoring to God. So what I want you to do is uh, ask your mother to forgive you because she asked you to do this and you said no. And we don't do that. We don't, we don't respond to God that way. When, when God asks us to do something, we say yes. We want to cooperate with God. And so... Uh, you, you just, this is the way we do this thing. It's an all-the-time thing. And if they do it again, we show mercy. They do it again, we need to now think about, oh, well, mercy is okay and it's good. <laughs> but now we have to bring a little correction to that thing. And how you choose to correct, then that's, that's dependent upon the child and, and, and all those type of things, the age and things like that. So, we, we're, we're not trying to provoke our children to, to wrath or anger. We're trying to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And if you don't bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, you're going to provoke them to anger. Okay? That's very important. Uh, let's have the teens come up. I ha the teens, these four teens right here, they have participated and are participating in the challenge. I gave a challenge to the teens. I said, uh, during the summer months, I want you to read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And those who read through the Bible and, and, and get in there three months, we're going to give you, was it $1,000? $50. It was $50, okay? And uh, now remember the congregation, I asked you before I said that, and you said, we'll help. Okay, good. All right. Okay. Now, uh, these are ones that, that uh, they told me that they were, they, they were doing okay with this thing uh, because I believe in raising the bar. 
I believe that they don't have a lot to do in the summer. You might use June. I said, what you doing in the summer? And I said, nothing. That's right. They don't, before you even answer, right? Okay. So now, uh, tell the congregation, now, are you participating first off? Um, yes. Okay. Where are you? Um, Joshua. Okay. Joshua. Good. Okay. Where are you, sir? Romans. Romans. Okay. Where are you, sir? John. Okay. John. Where are you? James. James. Okay. Right. Give him a hand, will you? Give him a hand. All right. Good. Now, there's a scripture that Emily was supposed to read. Uh, oh, you want to read it? Okay. Uh, okay, you got it. There you go, boy, girl. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay, now that's what we are trying to do with our teens. Can you imagine that if you start, uh, let's say in junior high school, we do this every we do this every summer. Can you imagine? Uh, I think junior high here in Lynchburg it starts in the, what sixth grade. Something like that. Middle school, they call it sixth grade or something. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Seven years, they could read through this Bible. Can you imagine what happens when they go off to college? They don't read through the Bible because I know a lot of times in adults, we haven't read through the Bible in, uh, uh, one time. So you all are doing fantastic. And now you have now three weeks now, okay? Three weeks left in the summer because uh, we have, I started in the middle of uh, maybe June or something like that. So you have until the 11th of September, so you have three weeks. Now, I remember one time you read in one week 3,100 and some, or 3,200 and some verses, and you read 3,300 3, and something. Yeah, something in one week. And I know that there's 7,900 and something in the New Testament, so I know you're going to finish this thing in three weeks, right? And I know you can finish this thing, too. And I know that you can. Now, it's, it's you and Joshua, so... It's about 9,000-some verses in uh, the Old Testament. So you're already to Joshua, so you got to have that thing covered. You can do this thing in three weeks if you get to it, all right? Because if she did 3,000 in one week, you can do 3,000 per week. She, how often did you do it, Celeste? Was it two hours a day, one hour a day, whatever it is? Okay, you know it was five hours because you was in school. Your mother said it was about an hour you got up in the morning. Did you get up in the morning and did it or something like that? So she did about an hour a day. That's what she did. If you do that, I believe 3,000 times 3, that's about 9,000-something verses. You already to, to judge to Joshua. I believe you can do that thing. Don't y'all think she can do it? You got to get to it. Thank you, girls. Thank you. Okay. This is another generation, though. We, we, need to, we need our teenagers to be on deck, don't we? Yeah. We need them to be on deck. See, they don't know it yet, the teens, but what I'm going to be doing is, see, I'm, I'm trying to train them, okay, in the way they should go, uh, because I'm reinforcing what the parents are doing, because I know, I know the parents. See, I'm going to start you all. I'm not giving you the verse beforehand that you're supposed to read. I'm not going to even tell you anything. I'm going to just let you sit there and sit there. And I'm saying, okay, Gillian, uh, read that over here. Come up and read this verse. And guess what? If Gillian doesn't know where we are because she's passing notes, oh, <laughs> it's going to be bad news, you see, because she's going to look around to, to she said, wait, where is it? Where, where, where? Oh, now you know I wouldn't do that, don't you? Don't you believe that, though? Don't you believe that? I wouldn't do that, though. But, but I'm really, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help our teens to, to grow because teens are very important. We also have young adults. Uh, we have college students. And college students, 
they can be used by God to help another generation. Do you hear what I'm talking about? And, and we're not just talking about college. You're talking about people just out of college, too. Okay, young people. Don't you know teenagers love young people? If I say, hey, teenagers, uh, I want you to come around. Uh, my wife and I, we're going to work with you. As a man, you're 64 years old, boy. I ain't working with you. <laughs> but if somebody else, they're around that age, some of these college students, some of these uh, young adults, man, these teens, they, they, they get up. Carissa, come here. Will you play? Tyler, is, let me ask, is it okay if she come, Tyler? Okay, all right. How you doing, Drew? Okay, all right. Come on up. Now, this is Carissa. Now, uh, now, I wouldn't call you up if I didn't know your dad. I talked to your dad. This, and he knows it. I'm going to treat you right. <laughs> Tell the congregation. Now, I reason to call, call you up here because you told me you were doing something this summer with teenagers in your home. That excited me. And let's see, that's what we're talking about today. I was hoping you were going to be here today. Okay, tell, tell them what you did. Okay. Uh, well, I had a Bible study um, at my mm-hmm. house every week, every mm-hmm. Tuesday night, and I um, just invited some girls over that I knew um, that needed to grow with the Lord. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and what, what did y'all study? Um, we did just like a basic like foundation of Christianity, like mm-hmm. what does it mean to like... Um, like pray, like what does that look mm-hmm. like? Like how do you have a devotion? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know if God's talking to you? Mm-hmm. Just things like that. Right. Good. My goodness, good. Give him a hand. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Sir. Okay. Do you know that 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 is important? That's important for young people to invest in another generation. And we have a lot of young people in this congregation that can invest in another generation. And it's all of our responsibility. God needs all of us to help him with another generation. Okay? Because, see, some of them are going to relate to some people, and they're not going to relate to others. Because, so that means that all of you could be used because you might have two or three that will relate to you. Some might have two or three relate to them. Some might have two or three. So you can be used by God in all of our ministries. Uh, the older adults... Uh, it says that the, the older women are supposed to train the younger women to love God and love, and love their husbands, isn't it? Love their children. Love God, love their children, love their husbands. They're supposed to do that. And basically, this, this Titus, they said that um, older women are supposed to love, uh, train the younger women to love their husbands, love their children. That's what it says in Titus. So what are our younger, younger uh, women are looking for? Mentors. Mentors. Some of you have been married five years, six years, seven years, eight years, nine years. Well, how about imparting some of your experience, uh, wisdom from the Lord, with somebody who's been married two years, three years? How about some of you have been married 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 30 years, sharing with somebody who's been married uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years? Uh, is, that, is that important? It's another, in, another generation. God wants all of us to help him with this generation. There's no excuse, since we have the Bible, there's no excuse for us to leave another generation and they don't know God, they don't know the deeds that he's done for them. We don't have that excuse. See, that's what I started with in in Joshua chapter 2. 
we're not going to do that. We're going to constantly tell them the goodness of God. And that's what um, Carissa was doing, was telling them, uh, these younger girls, this is what prayer looks like. This is what, and she's exalting God. And that's what we want everybody to do, to exalt God. Can, 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 can God use you? Really? Yeah, yeah, I hope he can use you. These young men need mentors. Oh, they need mentors. Yeah. And, 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 and I didn't have a mentor when I was coming, when I was young. Nobody, when I was 22, nobody reached out to me to teach me anything good. Everybody wants to teach you something bad. You know, nobody wants to teach me anything good. It's not that way in this church. We need the younger men to reach out to the teens uh, and the younger men. We need the older men, the middle-aged men. Uh, who's about, how old are you, Jesse? Okay, Jesse's 28, so uh, Jesse can be reaching out to somebody that's younger than he is, but Jesse needs somebody reaching out to him also to help his father. His father's reaching out to him, but he needs somebody else to reach out to him too because sometimes people relate to others, and they will do what somebody else tells them to do that you've already told them to do. For some reason, I don't know, they just tend to want to listen to somebody else beside the parents. And tell them the same thing. Same thing. You know? Yeah, same way. There you go. Same way. You know? <laughs> Man, seems like you must have a son. <laughs> and it's, it's important for you to, to have other people around you that are godly men and women. Invite some of these, these college students over to your house. And invite some people over to your house. And get some people if you have children because you don't know you don't, this is godly now. You don't know, and the ones here are godly, you don't know who that child wants to imitate. And that's what one of the uh, people who had, had children, that, and all of them were serving the God, and, and somebody asked them, why? Tell me, what did you do that all your children are just serving God? And they're just, they're just on fire for God. And so I, I, I invited people over to the house, and I surrounded myself with people who were on fire for God. And what happened was that uh, one child would, would, would want to imitate this one. Another child wanted to, you know, like this one. Another child, uh, they thought this person was okay. So anything that person would say, they want to do it. And, and nobody, don't invite anybody to your house that's going to not teach the word of God, don't believe in the word of God. Because the word of God is the only thing that's going to last, isn't it? It's ever settled in heaven. Another generation, let's stand. Another generation. God needs all of you. Another generation is coming. Another generation is coming. Another generation is coming. God says that he wants to show love to thousands of generations. Thousands. He doesn't want this thing to stop. And so I'm excited about our children. I'm excited about our teens. I'm excited about our young uh, college students. I'm excited about the, the young people who finished college or, or they are now 22, 23, 24, 25. I'm excited about the, the, the 30s, 40s. I'm excited about the 50s. I'm excited about the 60s. And I'm excited about our super saints. I, I, moved, I moved super saints from 60, okay? The super saints now start at 70, okay? 
Now, that's what it's taught, okay? <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about our, our 60-year-olds, too. I'm, I'm really excited about them because they have so much to offer, so much to, that we can glean from. I want to um, invite you, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, this is the day, this is the time, this is the hour to do that. We bow your heads with Father, we thank you for sending your only begotten Son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. If there's anyone here that not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand and put it back down, and I'll, I'll include you in the closing prayer. Is anyone like that here? Anyone? Is there anyone here that's you? You haven't been serving the Lord. You gave your life to Christ years and years ago, but you haven't been serving Him, uh, and you want to now start serving Christ again. If that's you, just raise your hand and put it back down. Uh, I would love to pray, pray for you. Anybody like that? I saw the hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Father, you saw the hand of the person who raised their hand and said they, they gave their life to Christ, but they haven't been following you. Father, we ask you to meet this person where they are. For you, Father, to do what you did with the prodigal Lord, just have your arms open, the robe form, the sandals form, the ring form, Lord. Oh, you're looking for him. You, you, you saw him from off a distance, Lord. You ran to him, Lord. Father, our arms are open. And we want to embrace this person also, Lord. Because we're your hands. We're your feet. We're your mouthpiece. We say welcome back. Welcome back into the fold. Welcome back to following the Lord. We want to be accountable to help you to do what God has called you to do. And you, we are here for you. Can you say amen to that congregation? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do remember next week that we're going we're gonna to eat something. Don't let us follow this food and you don't, you, you don't, you don't stay. It's important, important to be good stewards of God's finances. So uh, be ready to stay for uh, fellowship time. We have the prayer team come up. Just want to give you guys an opportunity to receive prayer. For yourself, for healing, for loved ones, for anything. Uh, they'll be happy to just love you and pray for you and to speak God's blessings over your life. Uh, it's a great message. Uh, we need to practice uh, reaching out generationally. I'm excited about that with two little boys. I definitely have my opportunity. Let me just say the Lord's blessing. Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you. Lord lift up his countenance and be gracious to you and give you peace. So go in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day.